All right, Alexander, let's talk about Emmanuel Macron, his three-day visit to Beijing. The, the way China treated Macron compared to how they treated Ursula. I'm not sure if you've seen all the photos of Ursula leaving the airport in China in much the same way that we <laughs> leave, uh, leave countries, stand in line, go through passport check, get your passport stamped. You know, uh, quite incredible, incredible yes. uh, to to see that. Obviously, China is is sending a message to to Ursula to Europe, and they're sending a message with their charm offensive uh, yes. with Macron. The first yes. day was rough yes. between all three of them, but once yes. China isolated Macron, got rid of Ursula, everything changed, and uh, the collective West is panicking like yeah. crazy over the statements from a Macron interview with Politico and some French journalists. What do you think? This is, I'm going to say this, I don't think people should have excessively high expectations of this because, of course, Macron has talked like this before. He's come up with all sorts of brave and wonderful words. He's talking about, you know, de-dollarization. He said this before, about Europe needing to find strategic autonomy, reduce its dependence on the dollar. Uh, it, he talked, if you remember, once upon a time about NATO being brain dead. And then, of course, the neocons blow their whistle and he falls into line. I mean, I remember when he went to Moscow on the eve of the start of the war last year. And he came back and there were these enormous press conferences that he gave in Moscow. And he obviously got on with Putin and there were Emmanuel and Vladimir and all of that. And in the end, he never really achieved, he never really acted, if you like, on the mood music that he was imparting. But what the Chinese clearly figured out is, you know, well, Macron, Perhaps he's not going to see this thing through, but nonetheless, let's play him. And they've played him like a violin, <laughs> and they've done it brilliantly. They've, they've, you know, sweet talked him. They've charmed him. They've put, as you said, Ursula in her place. Ursula's job, in my opinion, by the way, was that was to go along with Macron, to go along, be in China with Macron to make sure that he didn't say anything out of line. <laughs> partly, partly that was the... They babysit him. So nonetheless, the Chinese very deftly, you know, got her away, had Macron, head of state. He goes walking through the garden, you know, without, you know, with Xi Jinping... The two are, you know, without ties. They're looking enormous, beaming and friendly with each other. You know, there's all sorts of the French, the Chinese media is full about, you know, the France and China and how, you know, the great relationship between the two and all of those sort of things. And from a Chinese point of view, it does two things. Firstly, I mean, it, it plays both to Macron's personal self conceit because he's be wined and dined by the Chinese in a way that he's never treated like that in Washington. Remember, he still has the bitter memory of the AUKUS debacle when Biden just did a deal with Australia and cut France out and 
France wasn't even consulted and Macron wasn't even told about it. Well, here we see the Chinese, you know, the other superpower. They're whining him, they're dining him, they're doing all of these things with him. They're getting him to say all these amazing things. Some of that will play well in France. And, you know, bear in mind, Macron isn't France. There's lots of people in France who probably feel and are more serious about some of the things that Macron is now saying than Macron is himself. And at the same time, as you absolutely finally said, they're spooking the West. They're spooking the neocons. There's already talk about Macron having betrayed the US by going on this visit. It's a very interesting comment, actually, because it, 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 it goes back to what you were saying before, that he was sent there by in order to deliver these warnings to the Chinese, which he did. But <laughs> he's come out and said all of these other things. And the fact that the Americans and the British apparently feel betrayed by him shows how far off script he's gone. So, as I said, it's... it's it shows you the skill with which the Chinese are learning to handle people like, like Macron. He, says, and he meets the leader of the Middle Kingdom, China. He's taken you know, banquets, beautiful gardens, all of those things. The Chinese are very skilled at that kind of thing. And as I said, it's Chinese diplomacy at its most clever. Yeah, and I think the Chinese, they, they're able to to sow doubts in Macron's yeah. head, you know? So Macron exactly. now goes back to France and he's he's not so sure about the neocon plan for China. And I agree with you. Eventually the neocons will get to him and and they'll, uh, they'll get him back in line. Um, they may even regime change him if he doesn't get back in line. Who knows? Yeah. But um, they st he still goes back with doubts. Absolutely. And those doubts, I believe it buys the Chinese time yeah, so that they exactly. can plan further exactly i mean it, it also complicates european decision making because of course you know if we're talking about sanctions on china tomorrow i mean very difficult to see how macron can do that now after all the things that he said with his friend xi jinping in china i mean he would look completely ridiculous in fact i don't think he would do it because i think there'd be so much opposition in france itself now, if he did that, because, you know, many people in France do value French strategic autonomy, whatever they think about, may think about the EU. So I don't think he can do it politically. So, yes, it has bought China time. He will be carpeted. I mean, you know, CIA director Burns, he's just been to Saudi Arabia. He's spoken about his frustrations to MBS. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in Paris before very long, delivering the same kind of message. Can I throw a hypothetical your way? Let's, let's throw a hypothetical. If there was ever a time for Macron to make his move and assert his leadership over Europe, can you make the argument that now is the time a weak Germany, a deindustrialized Germany with, with a very dim leader, the United States led by Biden, yes. enough said. yes. The neocons are are, are nuts. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're going yes. crazy. They're completely obsessed with Ukraine as well. Yes, China has shown uh, what Ursula is is thought is thought of. <laughs> what they think about Ursula, 
Let's not forget that even Erdogan, he embarrassed Ursula when Ursula went to Turkey a couple of years ago. So the world obviously does not take Ursula seriously either. It leaves Macron. Yes. Yeah. Not that we take Macron seriously, no, but I mean, no. when you look at everybody else, yes. you know, Macron could, could theoretically say, well, now's my opportunity to, to assert myself as the... I don't know the the successor to Merkel or or even something greater than Merkel. Absolutely, maybe. yeah. The, 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 this is his moment. I mean, uh, uh, De Gaulle would have seized it. A Chirac might have seized it. A Macron won't because in the end, this is the point you understand about Macron. He lacks the courage. He may have the. Um, you may at times, you know, have the have the thoughts. He may um, have the feelings. He may sense the points that you've just made. But he will never, in the end, find the bravery to stand up to the neocons. And that's why he's failed. That's why he's been a total failure in the end as a leader. And unfortunately, because he knows that, he knows that he's not going to find the courage to do that with Russia, with China. He'll do what weak leaders often do. He'll take out the anger on his own people, his anger on his own people. And we've already seen the protests in France, the way he's imposing his uh, pension reform by diktat, the way he's bringing out the riot police, all of those kind of things. So finally, uh, one of the goals of the of the meetings in Beijing was to push Xi Jinping to give Elensky a phone call. Yeah. Biden's been trying to call Xi Jinping. Lincoln's trying to call China. They want to get China to call Olensky or Olensky to get in touch with Xi Jinping. Nothing's working. So one of the purposes of the trip was to convince China to get on the phone with Olensky. Didn't happen. No. Xi Jinping said, I'll call him when I'm good and ready. Yesterday, we get a statement from the, the uh, parliament in Ukraine. One of the members, actually, I believe the, the head of the parliament in Ukraine, lashing out at China and saying that China is is under communist delusion and Taiwan is, is never going to be a part of China or Taiwan is not connected to China, stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing what he said. I'll, maybe I'll put it up on the screen, his exact words. But anyway, he, he called into question China and Taiwan and the one China policy. And he did say China was some sort of communist delusional country. Anyway, what, uh, what does China do after this message from this very high official in the Ukraine government? Get even, get even closer to Russia, because, of course, you really want to anger the Chinese. You start talking like that about Taiwan. I mean, uh, um, at, at the very least, they, if Zelensky really does want to speak to Xi, Xi Jinping, he would need he would need to apologize for those comments. Bear in mind, when Lithuania appeared to get close to recognizing Taiwan, uh, China imposed sanctions on Lithuania. I mean, this is, I don't know whether this Ukrainian um, parliament speaker understood this, but this is a red rag to the bull for the Chinese. I mean, it's incredibly thing to do. It shows the anger and frustration of the Ukrainians at the fact that China is clearly not going to distance itself from Russia, is not going to reconsider 
its uh, partnership, its strategic partnership with Russia. It's not going to maintain some kind of equidistance between Ukraine and Russia. It's not going to put pressure on Russia to end its operation. So, I mean, the Ukrainians maybe have those illusions. That Those illusions are now frittering away. And, um, as I said, you, you now see the spasm of anger has come out from Ukraine. And, of course, that's going to make their position even worse. And, by the way, I mean, this is a point to understand about the Chinese. If you want to lose face with the Chinese, get angry with them. I mean, the, the Chinese just don't respect you at all if you do that. If you respond very calmly, in a very disciplined way, they respect you more. If you had any dealings with Chinese people, with business people, which I have, by the way, then you find that out very, very quickly. Yeah, just a correction. It's uh, the the high-ranking Ukraine foreign affairs official, right. Alexander right. Sorry, Edechko, Ukraine's right, yeah. Committee of Foreign Affairs. He's That's right. uh, the yes. one that chairs. Yes. And he yes. said the CCP... Yes. The Chinese Communist Party in a tweet. He said the CCP yes, keeps yes. crying Taiwan belongs to them. But this is a communist delusion drawing on denial and a deeply discredited and defunct political agenda. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. There's a stupid thing to say. As I said, uh, an outburst of anger saying exactly the thing that the uh, Chinese, as I said, will not forget and not forgive, unless, as I said, they get a groveling apology, which Ukraine isn't going to make. And Michael McCall, who's also the head of the Foreign Relations Committee for the, for the U.S., he was in Taiwan in a three-day visit, and he pretty much said that the U.S. is, is ready to put boots on the ground in, in Taiwan yes, I know, if something I know. happens in Taiwan. Well, you know, uh, this is... And then we had the military drills and surrounding... Yes, I mean, yes. This is, this is getting extremely wild and dangerous with the US and China. And can I just say something? I mean, firstly, well, a number of things one could say. First of all, one can understand why the Chinese would want to win over Macron, or at least influence Macron, given that, as I said, we are heading for a conflict between China and the US over Taiwan. So, you know, it makes sense for the Chinese to create splits between the Europeans and the China, uh, and the Americans. And that's what the whole Macron business, to a great extent, is all about. So that's the first thing. The second is that um, it's bad news for Ukraine, because if the US is really thinking about China now, to the extent that it is, then it's got to refocus away from Ukraine. Ukraine is yesterday's war, if you like. Already there's a long article today in the London Times about the Ukrainian offensive, which says this is Ukraine's last throw. Um, it's very sceptical about whether it can succeed. I mean, it tries to put a positive spin, but even it can't just you know, conceal its scepticism. It says if the offensive fails, there's no more weapons. There's nothing more that the West can give Ukraine because the focus is going to be on China from that point on. So this is bad news for Ukraine. And the third thing is, that um, for the United States to get itself involved in a war with China when it's got an unresolved conflict with Russia 
is madness. But I've discussed this so many times. I'm not going to say more about it in this program. I mean, this is, I mean, this is reckless to the point of absurdity, to the point of lunacy. All right, we'll leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, and Rockfin. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.